Hallelujah. Let's just pray over the word right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for your precious holy word. And we thank you that it is alive and full of power and has creative ability in it. And we thank you for it. And I pray for revelation knowledge that flows tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, don't be too quiet on me tonight, okay? We're, 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 we're a loud church. We're a, we're a Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have you ever been in a Pentecostal church? We're a, we're a Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. We're quiet. We're, we're quieter than most. Amen. But hallelujah. So anyhow, I um, yeah, we'll get some special things for you tonight towards the end. You, I think you're going to really like it. And uh, this, if the, I've been talking about the spirit of faith. And um, I, don't, I don't know what day it was, but we were just driving in the car. And, and the Holy Spirit downloaded something in me. And, and uh, we're going to show it to you at the end. But it was, it was really cool. And I, and I thought, wow, God must really want us to catch this. He really wants us to catch this. Sometimes we go to church and it's just another message or it's just another word, but he wants us to know that his word, the word of God, is the most powerful thing in the universe and it can change any situation. But we have to do something with it. And he's wanting us to catch this. Amen? And so I'm believing that you, we're going we're gonna to talk about it tonight and, and every, you know, probably for a few weeks. Uh, it depends on what's going on on Sunday night, but every time I, I'm ministering, I'm, I'm going to talk about the spirit of faith. Amen? For the next few weeks, anyhow. So I want us to look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Actually, I'm going to read Jeremiah 1.12 first, okay? Jeremiah 1.12 says this. God was talking to Jeremiah, and he said to him, he, the, he's the, the Lord said unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Listen, wherever God's word is being activated and spoken and believe, that one, another word for that, hate, that word hasten is I will quicken my word. But God is always looking for his word. And if we just are keeping his word in our heart and it's not coming out of our mouth, come on now. He's looking for us to believe his word, to speak his word, to act like his word is true. And he's saying, I will watch over my word. If we will believe God's word, he will watch over and he will perform it. Which part of God's word do you want performed in your life? What is it that you need in your family? What is it that you need in your situation? You, it's, it, we have to grab a hold of the promises that are in the word of God. Amen? So now let's look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 4.13. Apostle Paul, uh, I don't know, some people say Peter's the greatest apostle or Apostle Paul's the greatest. I think the Apostle Paul to me it is, is, well, he's one of the greatest apostles of all time. Amen? Hallelujah. But in 2 Corinthians 4.13, in the New King James Version, he said this. He said, and since we have... The same spirit of faith, say spirit of faith. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. He said, 
since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. And then he goes on, he says, we also believe and therefore we speak. This is an amazing declaration by the Apostle Paul. If you wonder how he overcame adversity, how he was such a productive Christian, how he was such a productive leader, he says here, he said, I believe and therefore I spoke. And we're going to see that in another scripture where he, where he actually did that. He's saying we have the same spirit of faith and he's referring to men of the Old Testament. And we're going to go back and, and, and see a scripture. He's referring to a certain scripture in Psalms where David referred to that as well. But if you would ask the Apostle Paul, what kept you from quitting? And when you read about the Apostle Paul's life, everybody thinks, you know, they, they read the epistles, they look at things, but, they, but they're just not, they, I think a lot of people don't really realize he was whipped, he was left for dead, he was, he was persecuted, he was put in jail, he was put in change, he was mocked. Everything happened to him, but what kept the Apostle Paul from quitting? from quitting. He said, I have the same spirit. We have the same spirit of faith. He didn't say we're trying to get it. He said we have it. And listen, you might be the smartest person in the world, but if you have the spirit of faith, you can get where you need to go. Because, you know, like there's a lot of knowledge out there. And we, and, and, and honestly, it's good to learn. It's, a, it's good to, you know, learn things. But there's something about the spirit of faith that takes you into the promises of God, it takes you to a place where knowledge can't take you. Amen? Kenneth Hagin quoted, he said this, he said, believing and speaking opens the doors to the supernatural. If you really want the supernatural operating in your home and in your life, you're going to have to believe and you're going to have to speak. And we're going to hit the speaking part. If we do the believing and the speaking, God will do the performing. He'll do the manifestation. But we're going, a part of us, there's a, the part of us that doesn't get it is the speaking that most people have a hard time with. It's not just, it's not, it's not a formula. It's not a, you know, it, it's, it's a truth from the word of God. And we're going to see even Jesus had to speak when the devil was tempting him. Even he had to speak up because the word of God comes alive when you speak it. The enemy will stop at the word of God in the name of Jesus. He'll stop when you speak it. Amen. So you've got to not only believe the wall, I believe the word and I hide it in my heart. Even salvation doesn't come unless you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. Right. Isn't that what the Bible says? So speaking God's word is so powerful and can cause change in any circumstance. One illustration Kenneth Copeland gave years ago, and uh, I was reading this, and he said, um, as you, you know, most of you know that he's a pilot, and he said he was flying and just taking off, and the air controller said, um, you're, you're cleared for 10,000 feet, and he would pull back, and he went up 10,000 feet, and they would say, okay, now you're cleared for 20,000 feet, and he'd pull back, and, and he'd go up 20,000 feet, okay, now you're, you're cleared for 30,000 feet, and he'd pull back and go up to 30,000 feet, and he said, and when he was doing that, the Lord said to him, boy, I wish you had as much confidence in me as you do in that air traffic controller. You know, 
We have to have confidence in God and that he is a part of our life and that he is moving. I know that he's speaking to us all the time. He's not distant from us. And when we put his word into action, he's right there. Because you know why I know that? Because God and his word are one. Amen? So if you have a spirit of faith, you're believing and you're speaking what you believe. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 8 and 9. I'm glad you came out tonight, all these people on vacation. I can't wait till everybody gets back. Amen? But you, we got a good group tonight. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 says this. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking. Now look at what he's saying. He said, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. He's saying what they're going through, but he's, but he's going on. He said, yet yeah, we're not crushed. We're not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. You have to keep the not in there. You might be going through different situations. You might be saying something, but you know what? I'm not crushed. I'm not forsaken. I'm not in despair. If you just go back and read those things, I'm not destroyed. He's, he's speaking the word of God. And, and he says, he says there, he said, I am perplexed, but not in despair. What, is, what does perplexed mean? You can see people, people's faces. They're perplexed. People, you, you can see it when, when, when they're perplexed. Can't you on their faces? You know, it means that they don't have the answers. They don't have the full answers. But you got to keep the knot in there. I, am, I might be in this situation, but I'm not in despair. I'm not crushed. I believe God. Amen? So even the Apostle Paul had challenges in his life, but he says that we have the same spirit of faith as, they, as, as the men of old did. He was talking, he was, he was actually referring to this scripture in Psalm 116, 7 through 10. How many of you know that David talked to himself all the time? And I know that people talk to themselves all the time, but they're not saying the right thing. They're talking to themselves in their head. They may not even be speaking it out, but they're their, their thinking is pretty loud. That's why it's important to renew our mind. This word of God is important. Church is great. Thank God we're, we're, we're at church. We're bringing up our kids in church. We come and worship God. But God wants to be alive in our home. And he, becomes, he comes alive in our home when we cover our home in the word of God. When we speak what the word says, when we speak what the word says about the blood of Jesus, when we speak what the word says about blessing and abundance, when we speak what the word says about healing and deliverance, speaking what God's word says. Let's look at what David said here. In verse 7, he says, return to your rest, O my soul. He was, you know, David was going through a lot of things. He says, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. He's talking to his soul. He said, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears. And in the, in the verse 8, he's talking to God. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And then he said this in verse 10, I believe, therefore I spoke. 
I am greatly afflicted. He was greatly afflicted, but what was he saying? He was, he was, he had a spirit of faith in him. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. David always talked to himself. And when you have a spirit of faith, you, you know how to talk to yourself. When you have the word of God, if you don't have the word of God in you, you don't know what to say. You've got to have the word of God in you. If you really want God's word working in your life, God wants that relationship. He wants that relationship with you. Amen? David was under a lot of pressure. I always say this. Uh, it, it was a quote by Mark Hankins. He said, if you're silent, you lose by default. If there's nothing being spoken in your, in your house, God's looking for his word. He's looking for his word to, to be lifted up. You may be under the most dire circumstances. You might have the greatest need of all time. But when you pull that promise of God out and you begin to speak it out, it destroys the assignment that the enemy has against you. We are in a spiritual warfare and we can never forget that. And the devil is 24-7 working on things, assigning things, and the only thing that stops him is the Word of God. When you get up in the morning, if you're going to live by faith, you're going to have to do two main things that day. You're going to have to believe, and you're going to have to speak. And, and I think that, honestly, I believe speaking God's Word in our lives is just as, important, just as important as eating food. Just as important as nutrition. Just as important as anything else. Speaking God's word, walking through the house. When you get thoughts and they come against you and they're coming against your mind, you need to not stand there and hold on to that thought because those thoughts will build strongholds in your mind. You need to know the word of God so you can speak it out against that. Even though those thoughts are coming in, the devil can't read your mind. But he's trying to influence you. He's trying to put thoughts there. Answer those thoughts. If I get in my car and... You know, we, we do this all the time, you know. We get in our car, no accident will befall us. You know, sometimes it, it's not like real spiritual, you know, oh, God, no accident will befall us. No, you know, sometimes it's just we get in the car, and it's just matter of fact, no accident will befall us. No plague shall come nigh our dwelling. We just, we just, we just speak what, you know, like, or, or if people are talking about diseases or, or fear tries to come in in any of these areas, we speak against it. We speak against anxiety. We speak against fear. That's the word of God. That's the promise of God. And you may not see results immediately, but as you continue to speak and stand on the word of God, you will see the supernatural power of God working in your life and in your family. You will see it. I've seen it so many times. David had this spirit of faith at 17 years old, so you don't have to wait until you're 40 or 60 or 80. Joshua and Caleb had it at 80 years old. They were not looking for a rocking chair. They were looking for the mountain. Give me the mountain. Give me that mountain. The, it, 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 and let me say this, the Word of God, it's not, it's not just a history book. It's not just a, a storybook. God's Word uh, has creative power in it. 
And that power is still in the word of God today. But for, for it to work in us, it has to be released. It has to be released through our mouth. Amen? It has to be spoken in, in faith. And unfortunately, most people are speaking words of fear and failure, depression, you know, lack of jobs, uh, bad economy, shortage of finances. They're saying what, uh, this is what, uh, this is a quote by Charles Capps. Some of you don't know him, but if you can get some of his old stuff, he's, what a testimony he has. And I want to bring his testimony in, in, in a couple of weeks. Just an amazing testimony of him even later on in life. And he said, that, he said people are saying what they have instead of having what they say. We should be, what we say should be, we're saying what we have, we're saying all the bad things, we're not, we're not, we're not saying, we're not having what we say, amen? Let's look at Mark eleven twenty two 22 for a few minutes. Jesus, he cursed the fig tree. And in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, and, and, and let me say this, I believe the things that the, the, the disciples were most impressed with were Jesus' words. They saw every time that Jesus spoke, when, 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 when he spoke, sickness left. When demons, uh, when, he, when he spoke, demons left. When he spoke, storms stopped. They were really impressed with Jesus' words. Let's, read, let's start with, you know, I didn't give you guys Mark eleven twenty one, 21, but I'm, gonna, I, I'm backing up a little bit, so if you can pull that up. So Jesus is walking along the road. They, they get hungry. They want some figs off of a fig tree. And there was no figs on the fig tree. So, and a lot of people don't read these verses sometimes. Oh, that doesn't really relate to me. Pay attention, okay? It'll relate to you. The, the fig tree's cursed. Jesus, well, Jesus looks at the fig tree. There's no food on it, so Jesus curses the fig tree. So the next morning, they go walking by the fig tree. Just say we're, we're, out, we're walking somewhere. And... Pastor Ed curses the fig tree. And the next day you see it and the fig tree is all shriveled up and dead. You'll be like, well, oh my gosh. The disciples were shocked. They said, verse 21, Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look. There's an exclamation mark there. Look, the fig tree which you cursed withered away. They saw the fig tree and then they saw it dry up. They were so impressed. Now, now, now Jesus could have said, you know, he could have said, well, I, you know, they, he, they were trying to figure out what's going on here. And Jesus could have said, well, well you know, I'm Jesus and you're not. <laughs> or he could have said, well, well, that's just, you know, that's a little trick me and my dad do in deity, you know. He, he could have thrown any, he could have said anything, you know. He could have said, yeah, yeah, I'm Jesus and, and you're not, so don't try it. Don't, don't, try to do, no, no, don't try to do that just because I did it. But no, here is what Jesus said. They were amazed that this tree was, that, that this tree was cursed, but here is what Jesus told them. In verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And, and the correct, correct translation is have the faith of God. But he says, for assuredly, I'm, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Jesus could have said anything. Don't you try it. That's just, that's just something for me. 
That's something my father could do. That's, but he didn't. He's saying to them, he's telling them, you have the faith of God. He's answering them. And I mean, telling you, words are powerful. He's talking about words here. And he goes on and he said, I say to you, whoever says, whoever speaks to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. There's the believing part. Remember uh, Mark Hankins? What did he say? The three in one or something? It says three times. It, it says to say it one time, believe it. And he goes on, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Say, I, I will have whatever I say. That's so powerful. And a lot of people, you know, it's funny because a lot of people attack this scripture. Well, well, we didn't put the scripture in the Bible. These are Jesus' words. These are Jesus' words. He says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I'm telling you, this, Jesus could have said anything, but over and over he talked about the words of our mouth. He talked about the idle words. He talked about the importance of words in so many places. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when the enemy was coming against Jesus, uh, and, he, and he was tempting Jesus, and he was tempting, Jesus was out, and, he, and he, was, he was fasting and praying for 40 days. But what did Jesus said? He said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that Bible you have is the word of God. It is so powerful that we can live by those words. Every Hebrews 6, 1, I believe it's 6, 1 and 2 says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. We're snared by the words of my mouth, our mouth. We're saying the wrong things. We're, I say this so many times. We speak out of both sides of our mouth. I have to remind myself all the time. But we hear these messages and we think, well, it's just another message or whatever, you know, oh, that's, that's really, you know. Honestly, we live to work this word. We believe this. And God is saying his word is the most, it, it's alive, it's full of power, it's active, it's creative, and it is the only thing that'll stop the enemy in his, in his tracks. The devil has an assignment. He's working against you. If he can get you out of commission, if he can get you out of church, if he can split up your family, if he can whatever... Be, just because you've accepted Jesus in your, in, in your heart, you've got a target on your back. He's not only working on the world, but he's already got them. He's already taken them to hell, and that's why we need to bring them Jesus. And the only way that we can bring them to the place of salvation is if they believe in their heart and they confess with their mouth. How important are our words? And there's a scripture in Ephesians Chapter five one, and I don't. I didn't write it down. Did you guys? Do you guys have it up there? I think I said. Did I send it to you guys? Ephesians five one. Did I? Here we go. Talks about being imitators of God. We we need to be imitators of Jesus. Jesus 
spoke and demons were cast out. He spoke and sickness left. He spoke and the dead were raised. He spoke over situations and the enemy stopped. Are we, we're having a hard time finding that. But anyhow, that scripture talks about being imitators of God. These principles that we're talking about right now, they're based on spiritual laws. And I want the, I want the, everybody, I, the guys to get ready for the, for the skit, okay? These principles are, of faith are based on spiritual laws. They work for whosoever, because in Mark 11:23, what we just read, he said, he said, I'm telling you, whoever says to this mountain, whosoever, he didn't keep it to himself. But we don't want to look at those scriptures. They're too hard. They're not hard. If we'll put the word of God in our heart, faith will arise. But we've got to speak it, even when, maybe, you know, listen, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times, especially at the beginning of this, especially at the beginning of our ministry, because we were learning faith at the same time starting a church. And I can remember, I mean, we were, we were both working jobs. I was working two jobs, and we were trying to do everything and, and, and build a church, whatever we were doing. And, and I remember walking in my living room, and, and just declaring that God supplies all of my needs, just a simple scripture like that. And I, would be, and I would be calling money in, and God, you said you would supply. And while I was saying it, God, you would supply all of my needs. My, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm a tither, you rebuke the devourer. I'm saying that like you t this right now, but I wasn't saying it like that back then. I was like... God, you supply all of my, I was, I was just, I was just, I was like a baby putting the word to work. Just putting it to work. And as I begin to speak the word, and as I begin to put it to work, we would begin to see God move. I mean, simple things I'll never forget. I, and I know some of you are so old that you may not know what a typewriter is. But we, were, we believed God for this. It was like an IBM. This, a typewriter was like $1,000. It was like $999.99. Do you know why people put 900 and they, they, put, they go 1099 instead of $11? Does anybody know? Nobody knows? I'll tell you why. Because somehow people are more apt to buy something if it says 1099 rather than $11 or 999.99 it's proven in sales it just gives it that little less look on it anyhow we won't we won't go there i've read that but but honestly like i would i would i would speak the word of i was talking about the typewriter so the typewriter so we get together we cut out a picture we put it in a book. We're learning all this thing as we go along. We wanted that. We needed that typewriter. Back then, we did bulletins. You know, not everything. Not, nothing was digital. And, uh, and so, anyhow, we started praying, and we started, you know, we, we came into agreement, Matthew 18, 19, and we started thanking God for that typewriter. God, I just thank you. You want us to have this typewriter. You want us to do great things for you. And, and all of this stuff, we would just speak the word over that typewriter. And then it wasn't long that we got a $1,000 check in the mail, like from somebody from New England, from another pastor of another church, just didn't know anything that we were believing. 
We only met them one time. They, they just decided they wanted to bless us and send us $1,000. Well, 40 years ago, $1,000 was a lot of money. <laughs> and we got that check. And I'm telling you, we were so excited. We knew exactly what it was for. See, when you're believing God for something and that money shows up, you, you're not thinking to pay the electric bill. You know why that, that showed up. Amen? And, but, but we had to speak the word of God over that. Simple things. And we would open up the book. Our first bookstore. We don't have one now, but we're going to have one. But our first bookstore, we knew we had to get the Word of Faith books back here. We knew we wanted to sow, the seed, sow seed into people. And so we cut out pictures of a table, uh, of, of books on a table and all the books. And we would, we would speak the Word over those, over those books. And we, we would speak the Word. We didn't have money to invest in a bookstore. You know, we, didn't, we, didn't, we were lucky we had Italian rice or something, you know. <laughs> we just, but, but anyhow... We, I go back, God always brings me back to those principles. Those were the things that produced. We can work 100 hours a week and not receive the, the blessing that God has for us. You can go ahead and work 100 hours a week. God said, put your hand to the plow. It's good to work, but not 100 hours a week. That's, that's evil. Amen? But the word of God will cause the blessing to come. Yeah, amen? In every area, even in healing, in deliverance, in our family being saved, in the face of adversity over your children, speaking the word of God. Listen, the devil's after your kids, and you need to be speaking that word. You need to cover them in the blood of Jesus. Don't just assume that they're going to be okay. Keep that word of God running over them. Amen? We had some light. That was awesome, wasn't it? You know, I just asked them to do that this afternoon, and they put that together with Alex, and I mean, give them a hand. I mean, that was, that was, that was awesome. But can you, can you see? This, this is what happens in the spirit, and we're, we're going to get ready to go into worship, and I've asked them to sing this song, um, I'm Going to See a Victory, because when I was taking the notes and typing this all out in the car, it was funny, I, and I turned to Pat, Donna and Pastor were in the car with me, and I said, wow, I get this great thing God just gave me, you know? And then that song came to me because that song has so many scriptures in it. It has so much word, and I, I, I'm going to, not necessarily even my favorite song, but I'm going to see a victory. It was so powerful, and we're, we're, we're going to start tonight by singing those scriptures, by speaking that word. And um, uh, that's really, I know you, you, we're looking at the skip, but I'm telling you, just, just look at Jesus. You know, if, if we could do a skit with Jesus, you know, on his 40-day fast, you know, the demons are out there. People have seen demons. People worship demons. It's, it's, it's not a story, a fairy tale. This is going on in the spirit. If you could walk out of this realm and step into another realm, you would see angels. You would see demons. You would see things. There's a battle going on. And you have to know, but the devil will deceive us and make us think that what is God doing? Where is God? He doesn't care about me. Why did this happen? Where was, where was God? You know, where, where, why isn't God helping me? We, God will, if we speak the word, God will show up. Because the word in God is one. And he's looking for his word. And we are co-laborers with Christ. Amen? Are you ready to sing? I want you to stand. <laughs> 